Welcome to those Vicar Blokes. Um, it's me, Dave Coaches, and it is. It's Wanda. Wanda. Oh, the bloke, the blokeettes. The blokeette Wanda. Gosh, I'm sure. Likes to call you Wanda Vision. <laughs> you've got right. you've, you've got Wanda and I this week because Howell's off enjoying himself in Egypt, um, <laughs> following the route of the Israelites of old. Uh, so when he manages to escape through the parted waters, he'll be back, which I think is two weeks' time. Ah, oh, wonderful. So we've known each other a while, haven't we, Wanda? Yes. Yeah, we have. We met, didn't we, when we were doing, well, you joined us at the end of the Exploring Christianity course. Yes. Yeah, so that must be seven years ago. Is that right? Eight years ago, something like that. Oh, gosh, yeah, a long time ago, actually, Worked well, it out, but two years of theology college and three years of curacy in a year in this job since. So yeah, it must be six years ago. Wow, gosh, yeah, and then and then yeah, we. So you've been long of... suffering. <laughs> yeah, if you want to call it that, yeah. yeah. But we we kind of I don't know. You had a, a I don't know whether I'd call it a similar sense of humour, but we um we did that exploring christianity course and then we did the a pilgrimage didn't we down to salisbury we and, did um, yeah and we had a great laugh on that we did have a real good laugh yeah it was fun <laughs> it was very tiring but it was a good i think the well, humor kept us tiring going, for you because your legs are about a foot shorter than mine <laughs> <laughs> you to take more steps no i just ran it didn't i yeah oh, most gosh, of I, it. Did, I didn't i was i was yeah. oh, it was good though wasn't it we enjoyed yeah. co-leading our group of young people, didn't we? Yeah. Marching them through the streets of uh, Wiltshire. It was good. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. So we may explore in Christianity that you, that you did the whole course for and I just joined for two units. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and now here we are, both ordained later, both serving in the same team. Yeah, I know I'm across two teams, but you know we're in the same team at Yates, so that's uh, yeah. I never realised that we would be working together. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm I'm my my sense of humour is naughtier than yours at team meetings. Is it? Yeah. Is I, it? I don't know if it is. You're oh, really, yes, actually, you're quite well yes. behaved at team meetings. I am very, I, I am very I'm well not. behaved. Yes, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, but it's fun. I've got- I've yeah. got a bit of a warped sense of humour, Dave. But, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you always laugh at the things I say, so I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's the Bristolian accent, probably. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. What's wrong with my Bristolian accent? <laughs> nothing, absolutely nothing. But it makes me laugh sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Right, so tell us a bit about yourself that you didn't tell people last time. Oh, um, I think I might have said it all last time, Dave. Um, so I'm actually now officially in my final year of curacy. Um, because I was ordained a priest. Yeah. I was ordained a priest uh, a year ago. Um, just the last Saturday. Um, so that's, that was actually, it was really special remembering, um, uh, a year ago, except I was working this Saturday. So I, I am. Um, <laughs> when I thought about it, it was lovely, but yeah. it wasn't nice. Nice to be working. Um, 
But yeah, so what have I? What have I not? Oh, I haven't told. Not everybody you're, knows. Do you know what? I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I've ever told you. Um, but your priesting was very special for me. Um, because right. you invited me to lay hands on as a priest. Um, oh. uh, just for the, for the listeners, what happens is when you're ordained a priest, the bishop lays their hands on you and calls the Holy Spirit to be upon you. But what you also do is you, you invite other priests to be part of that and to, um, confer the Holy Spirit upon the person being priested. And it's a great privilege to be asked to do that for people. And I was I was privileged that you'd asked me, and that oh, was very well, special. Thank you. thank you, but you'd been part of my journey as well, so that was um yeah uh, yeah special to ask you. So thank you. I'm not sure whether Hal actually put his hand on <laughs> on my head, but anyway, never mind. You know, like what he's like about you know touchy touchy and well, like, to be honest, I'm not I'm not very very fond of touching either. But there's times when there's when it's when it's necessary and appropriate, and that was one of them. Um, <laughs> hugging during the peace is never acceptable, um, but you know. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. That's not mm. true, actually. I I hugged Ben when he was priested at the peace on Sunday. On oh. Sunday, sorry. So yeah, yeah, maybe sometimes, rarely. Yeah. But <laughs> let's not go around hugging everybody. Ugh. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I don't think I said this, um, but I'm just about to take up a role as uh, what's termed as an OCM, uh, a chaplain to the military. Um, and I do work with the ACF, which is the Army Cadet Force, where I'm a, a padre. And this will be a role where I will be working three days a week um, over at Corsham and at Cologne on the barracks at Cologne. Um, I was actually approached in January for it, uh, but there's lots of um, forms to fill in and clearing clearance to be had, as you can imagine, being on a, a military site. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just waiting for it all to go through. So hopefully within the next month or so, um, I will begin this new role. So People will surely miss you at Waitrose. <laughs> hmm, yes, I'm sure they will. Actually, I shall miss them because it is always about the people. Um, yeah. So for, for those of you who, who don't know, I, so I'm a self-supporting minister and um, I had to take on a job. In fact, it was during COVID um, after uh, giving up my dancing school. So I decided um, to work at Waitrose, uh, where I worked as a student many, many years ago when, when we had the coots, um, yeah, the coots checkbooks. Um, but yeah, so, uh, it'll be good to be, although, um, it's been a good place to work, it'll be great to do something that I'm trained to do and will continue to train in as I start this new role. So, yeah, I'm quite excited. Brilliant. Fantastic. So today we are going to talk about, as we just said, the news is that uh, Coots have cancelled Nigel Farage's bank account and he's struggling to get one. Um, Then we are going to talk about how you and I get different things from worship and 
and our preferred methods of worship or our comfortable ways of worshipping are quite radically different. Um, and then we're going to talk about a film on Netflix called Old. So brace yourselves for the music. In our news section this week, we're going to talk about banks, not Aaron Banks, but banks in general, because dominating the uh, the news has been the fact that Nigel Farage has had his bank accounts cancelled. Have you read <laughs> that news or heard that news, Wanda? Um, I have glanced at it. Yes, yes, you can't but help. Um, yeah, it's quite headline news, isn't it? It has been all over the news, particularly on social media, because, well, mainly because people think that banks have got no right to cancel your accounts. It was with Coots, wasn't it, though? Coots, yeah, Coots. I I don't have an account with Coots. In fact, I'd I'd not really heard of Coots until the story broke. Oh, didn't you? No. so when I was a student and I worked in Waitrose many, many years ago. There's lots in, of people in... in Waitrose got an account with Coots, that's right. <laughs> well, haven't come across them in Chipping Sobbery, but I have in when we used to, when I used to live in uh in Surrey, uh we used to have a few in fact. There they used to send Why them to have my you never film. shared this claim to fame with me before? <laughs> well, because my life has been full of Oh right. <laughs> Philippa Forrester got on my bus once. That's as good as it gets. <laughs> In Clifton well, Village, as it goes. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. No, just to clarify that. So, because I was in the, um, you know, I did a lot of performing. We used to come across uh, different celebrities, and um, yeah, she, but she was one of them that used to live in Outwood near where I um, uh, lived in in Hawley or Smallfield, right next to Outwood. So, um, the job I had in in Waitrose when I went to ballet school on one day a week. Um but yeah, they uh I I remember it well, those those coots accounts. <laughs> but uh, you have to have a I think you have to have a particular amount in them, don't you, or something? Well according to the news this week, you have to have a million pounds in them in order to keep your coots account. <gasps> because a source is broken that's why Nigel's was cancelled because ah. its balance is consistently below a million pounds. Um, but I don't know how true that is because it's one of those a source has revealed from the bank. It's an unnamed source, um, probably because that would be a breach of their um, guidelines as to reveal how much people had in their bank accounts anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, so so yeah, apparently that's why it's cancelled. But a lot of the press seems to think has been cancelled because he's because of who he is and what is belief structures are oh that's interesting oh no i hadn't i hadn't got that far i just read the fact that he'd you know they'd they'd cancelled it because he hadn't had the um the required amount in there actually i thought it was nearer three million they had to have in there but um that's still a lot whether it's a million or three million yeah (laughs) to be honest they both seem a long way away (laughs) may as well be 20 million is going to be a million for me yeah, uh, absolutely. Me too. Never mind. Yeah. But, 
But I think it opens up the wider question about about cancel culture. Yeah. If they genuinely believe that he was cancelled because of who he is and what his belief structure is, then then I think fundamentally that's that could be a problem. Yes. Because when does it just start cancelling um, bank accounts of people with a certain religion? Um, yeah, and also whether you know whether you've got um, faith. Uh, was it that passage um, from Matthew? Um, it's truly I say to you, um, only with difficulty will a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven. So, you know, does that mean to say that somebody rich can't enter the kingdom of heaven? Well, I don't know. When when many years ago I was involved in in the setup of an Alpha course, I didn't mm-hmm. end up doing the Alpha course or leading on it actually as it goes, um, but I was involved in the preparatory work for it. One of those awkward questions I asked was, um, "How much money is too money? How too much money if I want to go to heaven? Because I'll mm-hmm. make sure I keep my bank account under that amount." Um, <laughs> and. Uh, it's one of those questions that nobody can really answer because it's not clear on that. You know, I spe- I I presume it depends where your heart is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and continuing on from that Matthew reading, it says about it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And I and I I, I take it from that that um. We need to, to we need to be willing to to lose it in order to gain um, yeah. the riches of, of, of you know what God has for us. Um, so it's it's all about the heart, isn't it? And whether you're willing to, um, you know, God's not saying we can't earn lots of money. Um, God is saying it's what you do with it and your heart. Uh, you know where your heart is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're we're promised an abundance, aren't we? Hmm. I think there's a there's a lovely prayer that comes from one of the retreat houses um, that prays for the community. And it says we pray for enough to live and enough to give. And I think that's the key is have I got enough to live on? And if the answer is yes, have I got enough to give? Um, hmm. In which case hmm. you're never going to get a coots account. No. No, but no. then that's not the that's not the end. No, <laughs> but we still we still haven't addressed the question of whether or not the cancel culture is good or bad. If they genuinely believe he was cancelled because of his political stance, hmm. I mean, where do our human rights begin and end, and, hmm. and what do, what do our contracts look like with companies or? organizations and and surely surely every organization has the right to discontinue a contract with us if they feel that that we're going to harm their business in some way yes yes and that's you know relating that uh biblically actually what's so good about oh you're such an evangelical one oh am i sorry you're trying to bring (laughs) it all back to the bible all the time Ah, well no 
no, that's that's the purpose of this um this this podcast. Yeah, but our regular listeners are used to a light touch biblical approach. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Carol and I are woolly liberals. We're not <laughs> evangelicals like you. Okay, well, I, I won't even say anything then. But yeah, no, I mean, what does what what gives them the right to do that? Uh, only if he's underperforming, maybe. But then you would you would. You would chat, wouldn't you? You would discuss it. You wouldn't just, well, I would hope so. You wouldn't just literally just cut, cut somebody off. I would have, I would have hoped. Yeah. We wouldn't know if they had discussed it though, would we? No, that's true. That's true. Uh, I, I mean, interestingly, they might have written to him about six weeks ago, but it doesn't mean he's got it yet. <laughs> no, that's true. That's I've just true, come yeah. into my house to find a letter on the doormat from the NHS, um, inviting us to an appointment next week, and the letter is dated the 5th oh, of June. Don't. So it's, so it's taken exactly a month to arrive on our doormat from when the letter was dated. Oh, dear. And, and the postmark, though, is the 1st of July. So both of those things are pretty shocking. Yeah, we have one, I don't know what you're like where you are, but we have one postman, post person that is actually a man who, um, who I think he serves the whole of Ladden Garden, bless him. So we might not see him for a few days, but we know hopefully it's on its way. But, um, yeah, no, there was a time when people were posting on the Facebook, you know, gosh, have you had any posts this week and yeah um, but he does get round he does he does do his best round our way now you know especially with all the the new houses it's um it could be quite difficult for him i expect <laughs> yeah I, yeah yeah it's not an easy job now is it they've got more and more to deliver to with less and less staff so it's mm, well, yes it's a staff issue isn't i it? suppose they're not every house every day now though are they so no that's true that's true mm. Quite difficult. Anyway, back to Nigel. Back to <laughs> Nigel and the and the and the right wing claiming that they get their bank accounts cancelled by all of their banks. Um, Howell and I talked about Lawrence Fox. I can't remember if that was last week or the week before, but he apparently had his bank account cancelled by Barclays, so he posted on social media um, because of his political views. Um, uh. I, what I find fascinating about it is that those people who seem to be on the side of politics that said that it's okay to remove people's right to peaceful protest mm-hmm. um, are opposed to bank accounts being cancelled. Those people who thought it was all right for um, a British-born person to have their UK citizenship withdrawn from them, thought it was wrong for Nigel to have his bank account cancelled. I just wonder whether or not, and how I have discussed this before, whether or not we've become so polarised that we don't decide on what's right and wrong anymore. We decide on who we want to align with as to what's right and what's wrong. Mm, Yes. Yeah, I think that does go on. I think it's it's... Can be quite just political gain, can't it, for all the wrong reasons and not too much thought for the human side of things 
you know, taken into account. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I can't but help feel sorry for him if he's lost his account, can you really? <laughs> yeah. Well, he hasn't lost his money, though. He's still got <laughs> whatever money he had. So <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I granted, he's struggling to get another bank account. Um, so we'll just have to put it under the mattress. <laughs> Surely he can just get another account at, um, you know, uh, Halifax or NatWest or, <laughs> or somewhere like that. Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? But um, we'll wait and see how it progresses. I mean, I think it's wrong if they've taken his account away due to his political views. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Why should that make any difference? Um, they should be interested in, you know, uh, the, the money that's in there rather than the person. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, there has to be reasons why businesses could stop. Mm. Uh, yeah the relationship with their customers. Um, but actually, um, I, th- I think that, that that has to be all quite carefully thought out and judged yeah. on an individual basis, maybe. Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've had times when, uh, well, only probably once or twice over our married life that we've had a letter saying, oh, this, this account's been laying dormant, you haven't used it, um, you know, let us know and we'll... Uh, will close it for you and you think oh yes forgotten about that one so actually sometimes you know um but they always would would send us a letter um or you know well yeah we have letters still yeah you know i had a store card with um well technically the arcadia group i think um i think they own burton's don't they Anyway, mm. I took a score a store card in there because they were given twenty percent off your purchases that day if mm. you took a store card from them. Um so what I did was I, I gathered up all of the things I wanted in there and I gathered up a few more things because I was saving twenty percent. Bought all this stuff. Um and then the <clears> bill <throat> came through. So I went down to my local HSBC at the time. And I'm at an account with HSBC for over 20 years now. So it was a long time ago. And, um, and I paid the, the store card off in cash. Only ever used it once for that one purchase to save 20%. Paid it off in, in cash at the counter. And I forget how much it was, but I know the pennies were 92 pence. So the cashier gave me eight pence change because I gave them up to the, and um, the next bill that came through, it said that Burton's owed me eight pence. And once a quarter, they send me a letter to say they still owe me eight pence. And I've been getting this once a quarter for 20 years. No. They spent all that money all the time to tell me they owe me 8p. And <laughs> I've I no idea where the store card is. And, and I've got no desire to go in and spend 8p in the store. But... <laughs> Um, if if you're listening, you don't owe me eight p. I took the change at the counter. Um, <laughs> save your money on the letter. Keep it. Um, but uh, yeah, that does make me laugh that they owe me eight p. Gosh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, funny, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, we're going to skip to the ad breaks. Um, 
And then we're going to talk about what are we talking about? I've forgotten. Um, what worship means to us? Oh uh, yeah, what worship means to us because we're very different, aren't we? So we'll discuss in what ways we worship and what appeals to us after the ads. You are listening to those Vicar Blokes. Like us, subscribe. We have Bloquette Wanda with us this week because yeah. we're on holidays. Um, so let us know whether or not you want her to be a permanent exchange for Howell. Um, I mean, the whole <laughs> thing was his idea, but if he's no good, that's just too bad. Oh, we like Howell, Dave. <laughs> yeah, all right. Apparently we like Howell, but we'll, we'll see. Um, let us know. And, uh, thanks for listening. So, Wanda, why don't you tell the listeners what sort of worship um, gives you a buzz? <laughs> well, Dave, um, so am I just going to jump straight in uh, or am I going to give a bit of background? Well, just, just <laughs> jump straight in. Um, so the type of worship that I feel very comfortable with, although I... I do have an appreciation for other styles of worship. Um, I like to, to worship, um, personally with, uh, sung worship to begin with at the beginning of, um, a service because in that time, um, I, because it's, what the background that I'm used to, I, or, you know, quite a few years ago now, I have a time where through that sung worship, I can draw close to God, regardless of how I'm feeling, uh, my feelings get put to one side, and it, it's almost like I take a step of faith as we begin to sing, because I want to give the praise and glory to to God. Uh, and what I mean by um, a time of sung worship, so 6.30 praise is a place where we will have like, you know, three or four songs where we will sing them almost back to back, maybe with a time of reflection between where we can, uh, we might pray in the middle, but during that time, I feel God really is close to me. Um, I'm able to praise him and I'm sometimes able to get uh, answers to questions that I've been asking throughout, maybe throughout that week. Yeah. Um, you know, will come through that time of sung worship, uh, regardless of the rest of the service. Um do you know what I often think during those times? I often think three songs is too long. My legs are hurting now. My feet are aching. Well, um, you can sit down. I, I, and I get, I know, but nobody else does. So it feels awkward then. You feel no, odd think... being the odd one out. And I know yeah. that's really strange and probably mm. not, not mm. the right way to look at it. But no, I do enjoy, I do enjoy the style of, of worship song that's sung at 6.30 praise. Um, that they, I I read something today that 
that was a criticism of those people that say we're inviting God into the space. Um, God's already there. Because God's already there. And what <laughs> we're doing is making us making ourselves aware of God's presence with us, not mm. not calling God to be present with us. And I think that is so true. Um, mm. So for you, that's the the thing that makes you feel really close yeah. in relationship with God. Yes, I really feel like he is present um, in the, in that place with us. And, you know, just going back to last Sunday, I wasn't uh, leading. I was just in the congregation with my husband. And actually, we both said the time of worship was very special. Um, you know, you, you, sometimes you can't put your finger on it, but you know there's a presence of God in that yeah. place. And, you know, that's my prayer for us as a parish, however we do worship. And it'd be quite good to hear in a minute how you, um, what well, your style. Well, we uh, were um, different and we were, what, two and a half, three miles apart on Sunday evening. Um, but we were at the completely the opposite end of the Anglican spectrum as far <laughs> as worship went. We, um, Father Ben had been ordained priest on Saturday. He was celebrating the Eucharist for the first time, you know, leading presidency of the Eucharist for yeah. the first time on Sunday evening. And we had a theorifer, we had crucifer, acolytes, um, we had Ben presiding, we had me deaconing for him, um, we had full benefice choir, organ music. It was, it was a proper high church. Eucharistic. Well, as high church as you can get if your church doesn't own dalmatics anyway. Let's put it that way. Um, cause, cause it's difficult to justify the expense on. But you, you're looking <laughs> at this if you're not sure what a dalmatic is. <laughs> well, tell us then. So the president, oh, running out of time. Here we go. I, I wonder how long we got. 10 minutes. We're right. Um, so the president at the Eucharist, as you'll be aware, because because you've seen me wear one, uh, wears the chasuble. Mm-hmm. Only the person presiding wears the chasuble. The deacon should wear a dalmatic if they're going to wear the additional layer. Um, but of course, in Yate, we don't wear chasubles, much as my sadness. Um, but uh, yeah, so when you've been with us in the Froom side, you'd have seen the chasuble used and the dalmatic in effect is a slightly different shaped uh, garment that goes on the outside of the other vestments. Um, so, yeah. And, and for me and for people at my end of the Anglican spectrum, we feel closest to God through the Eucharist. Um, that sacramental element where um, there's some belief that that, that Jesus is present in some way, shape, or form in in the bread and wine as his body and blood. Um, and that gives us nourishment, more mm-hmm. nourishment mm-hmm. than if you eat a sandwich, um, if you see what I mean. It's not a case I do. it's food. It's much more fundamental and life-giving than, than one meal. It's more than, it's like mm. food itself. Yeah, I get that. So, um, for those of you who don't know, I did my placement in Broomside. And, you had a good uh, mentor, didn't you? 
I did, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you still owe him a breakfast at the garden plantation. <laughs> yes, was it you? Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd forgotten that, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I was thinking more of Malcolm, but actually you did. I oh, know, he was your you supervisor. You after me. Yes, yes, you, yeah. yes, you did. Gosh, that seems years ago now, Dave. Anyway, um, so I can really appreciate what you're saying, because especially the services are also that I um, helped lead when I, you know, when I was there on my placement, uh, there was something very, very special about the Eucharist services. And um, yeah, I have a real appreciation for it. And I, and I, so I say that's, you know, going back to how I, uh, I feel comfortable because I have done it for so long uh, in the, the time of uh, sung worship at the beginning of a service. And, you know, and, and usually at the end um, with all the other bits in between. But I, I have, because of the, the vast spectrum over the Yate Parish and the Fringside, we we are so blessed with so being able to, um, you know, worship God in so many different yeah. uh, ways that, that we um, as a parish and benefits feel comfortable with. I mean, the BCP at um, St. Peter's, I absolutely love. You know, um, yeah. I, I need to I need to practice the uh, pre-season responses a bit more. But um, I have good old Colin helps me out there. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good then. <laughs> yeah. Bless. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because across the um, across our mission area, the eight from so mission area, we do have something of a range of worship. Mm. Um, mm. And I think. I think it's important to show that a relationship can exist between ministers of different traditions and churches of different traditions. Because mm. as we said in the first part, sometimes we get a bit polarized and, and, and it's, it's very, e- well, no, it's easier to be at one end of the spectrum and look across at the other end and think, Oh no, they're doing it all wrong. Mm. Um, mm. Than it mm. is to actually embrace and see what it is that is, giving the people at the other end some fulfillment and it might actually add to all of our spirituality in some way um yeah because yeah. there is something hugely spiritually fulfilling about the worship for me at six thirty praise um yeah. and there's also something hugely spiritually fulfilling about leading a simple said eight or eight fifteen communion you know oh a, yes a, yeah a, i get that i i completely get that i think i've i think like you've just said um dave uh, you know the issue for me when i when i speak to those um you know within the different congregations is that actually it's it's as long as you know we true worship for oh, i try not to be evangelical <laughs> um don't apologize <laughs> for what you are I'm not, no, 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 no. um you know as long as the true worship of what we feel comfortable with um you know as a as an expression of obedience um that we're giving the praise and honor and adoration and gratitude to god then you know we need to have an appreciation that it's not just fitted into one box there are quite a few ways and you know yes they can be like marmite but but we need to appreciate that 
in whatever form, if we're doing it again, I, you know, from our heart, we're doing it for the right reasons and we're not knocking the other. You know, we talked about the hands, using of hands. I mean, using of hands, we used in all saints. Um, yeah. But, you know, the using of hands during worship, you know, I mean, that is biblical. You know, we raise our hands, we we prostrate on the floor. You know, it's all biblical stuff. Not yeah. I haven't seen anyone prostrate on the floor at 6.30 praise, but maybe I should uh, <laughs> pray into that bit more. But anyway, um, you know, we, we joke about, you know, the holding of hands. You know, I've got a little yeah. fish. I've got my hands just very slightly apart. Oh, no, I've got a bigger fish and the hands go slightly apart. And... Oh, I've got a question. No, I've got two questions. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to point upwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. We're doing what? We're doing what yeah. Although, interestingly... Interestingly, when you watch the liturgy taking place during the Eucharistic prayer, we obviously yeah. have we have actions that go alongside that manual actions, and we don't mock those in the well. At least I don't hear them mocked in the same way. Um, no, but you know, no. But I so to me, I'm 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 um I'm I'm slightly mocking them, but actually, I I can mock them because actually. One of the first things as a point of surrender, I want to lift my hands. So I, you know, I'm the first one uh, that, you know, yeah. I'm able to, to, to say because I do it that actually for me, when I lift my hands, when I raise my hands, and sometimes I really can't help it because I've done it for so many years, yeah. that actually it's an inward response to that. Um, you know, the praise, my praise is, is an adoration. I'm doing it now as I'm talking to you. You are, yeah. I can't help it because I'm thinking about why I, I just can't help it because I want to, um, you know, humble myself before God. And for some, you know, you could say, well, I don't need to do that. And that's absolutely fine. But, um, I'm getting quite excited. I need to calm down. <laughs> I love worship. I absolutely love worship. I I have music on as much as I can at home. It's what helped me get through um uh covid um in part was to be able to worship God through song. Um yeah. and I you know alongside that I actually followed a monastic um style of the repetitiveness of liturgy. So so there was a real combination actually. So I just think we worship how we feel comfortable, and that's great as long as it's a heartfelt response to God. Yeah. Sorry, I've gone on a bit, haven't I? But I, no, it's you, fine. You I'm, 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 I'm going to use the, the next seventy-five seconds before it cuts us off our Zoom call. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just to say that actually, it's fundamentally important that yes. we recognise that we don't all like the same foods. And we don't yeah. have the same style of worship. Yeah. And just because one likes one thing and one likes another doesn't make anybody mm. wrong in what they do. It's just the way, it's just the way that makes us feel closest to God and makes us feel like we're submitting to God and receiving from Him. That's important. And I think your words about is where your heart is, is the most important thing of the things mm. that we should take away. And, um, so you and I are going to end this Zoom call and start another one to record the next section on, yeah. <laughs> on, oh, <laughs> on Netflix.
Okay. I'll see you in a minute. (laughs) Okay. You're listening to those Vicar Blokes. And Wanda and I have just had a conversation as to why we advertise, why we do the adverts, since we don't actually advertise anything other than ourselves. <laughs> um, so and I can't remember would, anything. <laughs> if you would like us to advertise your product and you want to make a donation towards the eight parish, I'm sure I'll give it a mention. Um, so, uh, let us know. We're always, uh, we're always willing to assist you. Um, but in the meantime, like, subscribe, follow. See that one? Yeah. That's how you try and get free cider uh, and stuff. You mean like, so if I wanted to advertise a nice beard uh, cream, I could... Yeah, a good beard ah, oil. Okay, not that I've got a beard, everybody. Yeah, yeah, but but Howell and I have, so, you know, might be good. Uh, you know, I was hoping to get somebody on board like Thatcher's or something. Okay, so okay. As, so as they could send me a crate of Thatcher's gold and I'd no. mention it for them. Something like that. So we didn't we didn't let the listeners know in advance what we were going to watch, and in reality, I haven't watched it. So you're going to talk to us about a film that you told me was in the cinema, but was actually on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a film we watched um last week actually, uh, called Old. Um, old. Should old. I ask yeah. why you watched a film called Old? <laughs> Well, I, it's not my, no, Alan chose it actually, nothing right, to do okay. with me. He thought it looked quite intriguing. Um, and I have to say, I watched the, uh, you know, the clip for it, a taster as it were, and it seemed quite intriguing. So yes, it's down as a horror thriller film, but I wouldn't have said it was. Did it make you jump? Uh, not really, no, no, no. Hmm. It, I wouldn't have called it a horror, but. Not much um, of a horror then, if it didn't make you jump. <clears throat> no. <laughs> no. Oh dear. But yeah, it was um interesting is a word. We 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 always rate our films, Dave, and, and I think I gave this one about a six out of ten. So it was kind of, you know, it was alright. So over so halfway, I, but not not groundbreaking. That's right. Yeah, no, so I, I um it's always not a bad film if I stay awake. <laughs> is that a uh, bad thing to say? <laughs> okay. Is is that a particular problem for a lot of films? Um, sometimes, but then Alan just stops it, and you know we. we <laughs> so I don't miss too yeah. much. But um, I yeah. regularly fall asleep watching the stuff that Howell sets me to watch. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise yeah, me? It takes I think me I several might. efforts to watch some of these things that he sets. <laughs> there are. What was the last one he set you? What we do in the shadows. Oh, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Right, what, what? Vampires, very immature vampires. Um, <laughs> that you need a very immature sense of humor to uh, really yeah. get the best out of the program, to be fair. Oh, no, I thought, I thought, you know, Alan has a thing about vampire films. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a boy thing. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, neither do I. We'll leave that I, there. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. so what what was this without spoiling it completely for anybody who might watch it? What's old about on Netflix? So, um, it 
posed a moral dilemma um, that you didn't really, you, you didn't, as the film started, you didn't really know where it was going. Um, and then towards the end, it posed this moral dilemma that kind of just stopped you in your tracks. And for, for a brief, a few seconds, you kind of thought, oh, you know, um, is is it right what's happening? So I'll just give a, a very loose base, because obviously, if you're into these horror thriller films, <laughs> there's not really horror, but um, a bit of a thriller in it. Um it was about a family that were kind of almost um, going through a separation and uh, to avoid uh, saddening the children, they decided to take them uh, to a tropical uh, resort as a final right. family vacation. Um, vacation. And when they got there, they were, um, it was a kind of a beautiful place and they were given a drink to have. Welcome drinks. Like when you yeah. go to Spain, you get sangria. Yeah. Or when you go to Greece, you get wrapper. Yeah. So you nice. never I like know. Drink. <laughs> you never know. So uh, they were given these complimentary drinks, um, and then they were sent. As they, to cut the long story short, they were then sent to this uh, secluded beach um, where there were others that joined them. Uh, they all had medical issues. Um, and actually what started to happen was the, it was noticed in the children that they started to age very quickly and their, like their costumes, their swimming costumes started to get really quite small on them. Right. And, um, and what it appeared where they finally, uh, kind of grasped what was happening was that they were aging a year every 30 minutes. Right. Okay. Um, so. Anyway, uh, the a year older ones, every 30 minutes. Yes, yes. Could you imagine? Can you imagine that? Um, anyway, say to cut a very long story short, um, well, it can't have been that long a story because, <laughs> because well, it went on, in 90 it went on. minutes, you're 180, <laughs> even if you were just born at the start. It was, it was, um, yeah, it was a couple of hours worth. So anyway, they, you know how they draw out these. Films. Yeah. But anyway, um, so, um, basically a few people, they, they started to die, um, and, uh, the children actually managed to escape, um, cause they were actually, they were adults by this age and they managed to escape. Um, but before they showed you escape them escaping back to the resort, they, um, there was, they showed a clip of a, a pharmaceutical company that were on the island and just um and basically it was a research team for a pharmaceutical company that they were conducting clinical trials of new medical drugs uh, and obviously these were what ad were administered to the guests when they were um uh, having their drinks they basically spiked right. their drinks uh the moral of the story is not always be prepared when you get given a free drink. See how on his on his um flight and flop. I wonder how many um free yeah. drinks he'll be given. <laughs> anyway, yeah. pushing that to one side. Yeah, he's, <laughs> so, prob he's probably listening on when this goes out because he's bound to listen while he's on holiday. Yes. Otherwise, anyway, what sort of co-host is he? And yeah. he's probably had his welcome drinks, and he probably <laughs> feels really old. <laughs> he probably does. Um, but so, so they were conducting a clinical trial basically of, on this resort 
when they sent people to this, it was basically a secluded beach that aged people very quickly. It was just this one yeah. place where they were able to take, um, you know, do this uh, um, uh, medical trial. And for, I have to say, for and we discussed it afterwards, for a brief second, you almost thought, oh, you know, surely is that, is that okay then? And then, and then obviously, you know, that lasted only a few seconds because you thought, absolutely not, you know. No. Um, so it just, it just allowed us to chat about the moral dilemma of, um, you, you know, using humans, using even, well, they do use animals, don't they? Of, of, you know, is it right? Is it proper? Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, I have to say it was, it was, a good good film a good watch um yeah. so if you're into that sort of thing I, I i recommend it good good so but did you did you did you get a solid answer did you manage to relate it in any way to the bible um well <laughs> um so yeah absolutely because 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 obviously, you know, it was wrong to not pre-warn uh, that this was what was happening. So um, I can't think of, you know, um, a piece of scripture that kind of jumps out at no, me. No, neither can I. No, necessarily. But obviously, just the mere fact that they were doing something that obviously was not right. Uh, people were dying. Well, essentially, um, you know, they're playing God, aren't they? Absolutely. So that's that's a really good uh, point to make you know they were trying to play god with with lives of of you know uh what right of had they to age um people on that were on that beach that you know they had no right whatsoever um so you know yeah but on the other hand they were trying to find a cure for the medical problems that these people had so but actually we're not to play God, are we? Because we're not God. Um, no, but we do have advancements in medical science that do do affect people's longevity, um, and, we, and we think that's a good thing um, mm. most of the time. But, yeah, so, but certainly you, know, you can't use people as the guinea pigs. Well, I shouldn't say guinea pigs, should I? Because that, that in <laughs> itself is wholly wrong. Um, <laughs> but, you know... We, it, there are there are certainly ethical issues that that feed into whether or not these people should be sacrificed in order for mm. a, a perceived greater good. Yes, just just taking that just um, slightly um, f- a bit further. This morning I had um, uh, I was listening to a radio station that were talking about um, oh I can't think of a name Fiona who's just been diagnosed with. Uh, Alzheimer's and she's 63 and she's she's a television presenter um, I can't for the life of me think of her name but she is willing and I've known a few people to be willing to try out new drugs yeah and that's a different you know that's a different angle isn't it when that when you're willing to try out something that has obviously been tested but you could be you know along with other um humans as being the first ones to kind of you know completely trial it as it were there is a big difference between knowing the risks and not knowing the risks and you know i'm mm. totally losing straight um mm. but there's still there's still a, a whole ethical 
element behind you know what's right and what's wrong there and i don't think anybody could firmly say that the bible's clear one way or the other mm-hmm. um, and i think that's i mean it, it it wasn't conceived when when the bible was was uh was god breathed for us um mm-hmm. and therefore we have to try and take a direction from that but be led by the spirit as to what's right and what's wrong mm, yes that's right yeah. and it's very very difficult there's no mm. straightforward answers but um, i don't think anybody would be in agreement that the unknowing and the unwitting um should be used in such a fashion um, mm. well, i don't want to mm. go down the line of talking about covid vaccines because i can't tell the wood from the trees on that, but there's certainly a, an argument to say that that they were not as well tested as that sort of thing normally would be, mm. uh, and and a weight of evidence to suggest that there have been ongoing problems as a result. Um, but then we don't know; we'll never really know if, how many lives that saved in the process. It's, you know, absolutely, it's absolutely. To, I to was willing, yeah, on, on medical, you know, on the, on the, um, the, those, me- those in the medical pre- profession that advise us to take it. And I'm not talking governments here. I'm talking the medical. Yeah. You know, I, I was happy personally to follow their guidance. Whereas, in fact, even in our family, you know, there was a difference in, in what they felt was right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I know. But, you know, we, we've lived through it and, and we hope and, and pray that it, you know, was a help and is a help to those yeah. that, that need it, you know, need that. Yeah, cover. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> anyway, so, so you, you give it a six out of 10 for all. Yeah. So that's yeah. not a great recommendation, I have to say. Um, yeah. but should I find myself with nothing good to watch? Um, <laughs> then I might, then I might watch old on Netflix and, uh, weigh up some of that moral dilemma for myself. Yeah. Brilliant. Hope, hopefully not fall asleep. Are, are you with me next week? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Cause Howell's not back next week, is he? So. Oh. So I think you're with me next week if you're available, but we'll work out off, off the recording a good, a good time when we can, when we can do that and, uh, and welcome you back for interesting topics. So I'm going to ask you any good TV you want to recommend. What do you normally watch? Um, <laughs> not, not a lot. Normally a film. Oh, I'm watching, I'm watching something with Grace actually. Um, called it's not uh, motherland which motherland i like motherland i like motherland okay. she oh i get so she's so um the, the leading kind of lady in it is so um uh uptight yeah <laughs> let's, let's just say that but um yeah, yeah okay good. so next week we'll talk about motherland uh, okay. i think it's hilarious it's yeah. really good i really <laughs> like motherland. what's it on i've forgotten is it uh ne- i think we watch it netflix I think it's Netflix. Yeah. I think it's a Netflix original. I don't think it was it, the beat. It's taken but, us a long time to watch it because it's been out for a long, you know, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I started watching it. I think I'm on series two. Okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk Motherland next week. All right then. Okay. All right. Brilliant. 
Thanks for listening. Thank you.